What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson here on the Hump Day edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you wherever you are today. I'll be leaving soon, headed to Jackson. I'll be at Mistletoe Marketplace tonight, all day Thursday, all day Friday. But I am bringing uh, my stuff with me, and I'll record you a show either late Thursday night or early Friday morning. I had uh, considered getting an earlier start today, but, um, you know, sometimes you just need a minute. You just need to take a minute, get all your stuff together, especially when I'm going to be gone for a couple days. Got to make sure I get things handled, you know, get the kids situated and uh, make sure they got snacks in the, in the house, that sort of stuff. And so make sure the dogs are fed. Felt no need to rush myself. So here we are. And uh, listen, hoping that you guys are having a great week. It is an absolutely beautiful day in Starkville, Mississippi. It is a Chamber of Commerce quality day. Not too hot, not too cool, not too windy. It is a beautiful, beautiful, sunshiny day, to coin a phrase. I don't know. There's a cloud in the sky. You know, we'll kind of see how things develop over the course of the week. But uh, I know many of you are uh, are glued into election results. We're not going to talk about it, that stuff today because this is, this is not what we're here for. We're here to talk about Mississippi State sports. But uh, be that as it may, I think it's simple as, uh, you know, listen, Whatever happens is going to happen. We're going to deal with it one way or another. No matter who you voted for, no matter what you're for, what you're against, what you love, what you hate, we're all going to be the same people. And uh, my attitude about all that has always been this, is that uh, i got to get up and go to work every day, no matter who is in the Oval Office, uh, no matter what measures are passed at the ballot box. I've got a responsibility, and uh, nobody's going to make a living for me. So i got to get up and go do, get it done. So here we are. Hope that uh, you guys are similarly situated. I read some things yesterday that uh, I guess John Pitts from the Tupelo Daily Journal sports editor there tweeted out that uh, some some survey that said that Election Day would be the single most stressful day of over half of Americans' lives. Uh, listen, if that's true, and I tweeted this out as well, we have lived incredibly different lives, incredibly different lives. Uh, maybe, maybe I just handle stress better than, than most, but, uh, you know, I, I sat there and uh, had my hand on my dad's arm as he passed away. That was a pretty stressful day. You know, we lost a couple of kids to miscarriage. That was a really, those were really stressful days. You got to come from the home, home from the hospital empty-handed. That, that's a really rough day. Uh, you know, I got arrested years ago. Um, went to rehab. That's a pretty stressful day. You know, left rehab, that was an even stressful day too. You know, and so I, you know, this this identity politics and that sort of stuff, it's just not my thing. I just don't invest so much of myself into those kind of things that I can't control. I go, I go vote and then I live my life, you know, and uh, man, I wish that that was the, the, the least stressful thing in my life was what's going to happen at the ballot box. I mean, I just, anyway, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I've noticed that politics has become so much like sports nowadays that, um, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, their, you know, their identity is kind of wrapped up in all that stuff. And so, listen, teach their own. Whatever gets you motivated, whatever gets you out of bed each morning. Uh, I tell you what, a day with Bulldog Burger Company is certainly a day worth having. If you haven't been there recently, let me encourage you to go back and uh, spend some time with them. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Stark Vegas on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. The jalapeno popper burger appears to be a big hit. Got a lot of people messaging me saying, Steve, we went and tried it, and you're right. It will put some hair on your chest. It is. Listen, it's not for the faint of heart. If you're not a person that loves jalapenos, you probably need to stick to the bulldog burger or stick to your old favorites. But if you like a little kick, and I do, the jalapeno popper burger is probably the way for you to go. 
Go, go check it out. Have the spring rolls. The spring rolls are the best appetizer in Starkville proper, and I submit to you probably in Tupelo as well. Bulldog Burger Company is part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle for many, many, many years. They know how to feed folks. Simple as that. They know how to feed folks. You'll have a quality night, and if you're looking for somewhere to go watch a ball game on Saturday, Bulldog Burger Company is going to have every game that's worth watching on the TVs. You can have an adult beverage. You can have a great quality meal. I would encourage you to go by and check them out. If you don't get tickets or maybe you just don't feel like coming, bring the kids, meet your friends, whatever you want to do, go to Bulldog Burger Company, your tailgating location in both Starkville and Tupelo, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. As you all are aware, Mississippi State will play a winless Vanderbilt team this Saturday at Davis Wade Stadium. Time has been moved up to 2.30. A little programming note for you in case you've missed it. It was originally scheduled for 3 o'clock. One of the first uh, games that was scheduled, you know, for TV uh, was this one. It said 3 o'clock, but uh, now 2.30. People say, well, Steve, why did they change it? Don't know. Don't know. You can't tailgate anyway. So go on up, head on up here and come hang out with us. But let's, uh, let's just kind of review the Vanderbilt season so far, and we'll kind of get into some statistics as well and look at kind of who they're counting on to do things for them. If we mentioned 0-4, they did have the game that was uh, rescheduled uh, due to COVID. They opened the season, if you recall, at College Station – what a 17-12 to 12 loss. But if you, you, even though you thought, okay, Vanderbilt doesn't have a lot of offensive firepower, maybe they've kind of exposed A&M to be a little bit of a fraud there. And, uh, listen, A&M is, is probably, you know, second-best team in the West right now. I think you could probably make that claim. There's still some games left to play. But uh, I think you can feel pretty good if you're A&M thinking, you know what, it's supposed to be our year. It's not going to be our year because it's Alabama's year again. But A&M, at the end of a talent cycle, done a pretty good job putting a good team together. I was impressed with them when we played them at Mississippi State. I didn't think that they were that much better than us, but they were better than us. Then uh, Vanderbilt loses to Vandy 41-7. to If you recall, that game was originally scheduled to be played. Um, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. Uh, but anyway, 41-7, to LSU takes care of business there. And again, Vanderbilt struggles to score. Uh, South Carolina, 41-7 to as well in Nashville. And, again, Vanderbilt struggles to score. Uh, 54-21 last weekend in Nashville, lost to Ole Miss. Vandy struggles to score. They did put up some – and let's be honest, scoring seven on LSU is kind of like scoring 21 on Ole Miss. You know, Ole Miss defensively it's very, 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 very challenged and very explosive on offense at time to time. But uh, – you know, we talked last week. We thought Derek Mason would have a plan together, even though Vandy maybe not wouldn't have the horses. But you give Ole Miss credit. They went up there and took care of business, and that game was over, absolutely over at the half. So what are the reasons that Vandy's struggling to score? Well, first off, it's recruiting, okay? they really You really struggle when you don't have SEC-caliber players. And, and people think, well, you're, you know, Steve, you're, you're kind of piling on. We all know it. I mean, Vanderbilt always recruits at the bottom of the of the of the, the SEC. I mean, they're always at the cellar. And then every so often they kind of put it together. Some people are saying, well, you know, is Derek Mason coaching for his job this year? I don't know that anybody is coaching for their job this year. That's one of the things I think about, too, when I think about the Billy Napiers of the world. I think Billy kind of, you know, kind of put himself in a difficult situation because – you know, he didn't really show a lot of interest in the Mississippi State job, contrary to popular belief. Uh, held out for Baylor, didn't get Baylor. You know, Matt Rule, of course, gets a job at Carolina, which sent Joe Judge to New York. And the next thing you know, Baylor hires Dave Aranda. And so Napier's kind of left without a dance partner. And so many people say, well, you know, maybe he'll hold out for South Carolina next year. Well, I don't think South Carolina's going to make a coaching change this year. I don't know if anybody in the SEC will make a coaching change this year just based off economics. I mean, that's the, that's the thing you look at and say, okay, well, can they afford to buy anybody out? You know, probably not. You know, probably not. I know Vanderbilt has a huge endowment. Would they want to dip into their baseball reserves to uh, to fire Derek Mason? And then you've got to go out and hire a new staff and bottle with contracts. I just I, – I don't know, barring a scandal, if anybody in the SEC gets fired this year, and I don't think Billy Napier is headed to Vanderbilt. But it's interesting you know, life is full of uh, you know, the decision-making process. And sometimes you make decisions and you, you're forced to kind of live with those decisions a little bit later. And so that's kind of how things look right now with uh, Billy Napier. So I don't think Derek Mason's coaching for his job. 
I, I don't. I know some people in Nashville write those columns, and I'm sure they're popular and they probably get a lot of clicks. Uh, but, be, you know, Vanderbilt's just not a team, I think, that, uh, that has real high expectations, and I don't think that they're going to be willing to kind of fork out the dough uh, to kind of make those things happen this year. So let's take a look and see who is making plays for Vanderbilt. I'm not going to be disrespectful to Vanderbilt. I know some people like to have these hot takes and all oh, these guys are horrible or whatever. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is I know that these, these young men that are getting a quality education at Vanderbilt doing the absolute best they can. They didn't sign themselves. Uh, Ken Seals is uh, a freshman quarterback there. You know, I think under the circumstances probably has done pretty well. Um, you know, not a lot of weapons around him to kind of build an offense around. But, uh, you know, the guy that goes up there and wins the job, you know, after a competition, you know, hey, got to make some plays somewhere, right, even if they're in practice. You may recall that all four quarterbacks that started last year for Vanderbilt transferred out, including Alan Walters, who is now at Mississippi State. So four guys go out, you put a true freshman in, you're kind of playing for the future. But Ken Sills, through four games, 79 of 118 with five interceptions, five touchdowns, 730 yards, and 48 of those 730 came on one play, averaging 182 yards passing the game. So not a lot of passing offense there. And you would think, especially for a team that's trailing, that they would be able to put up some passing numbers. And, again, it just kind of shows you how pedestrian that offense is. Uh, looking here at um, receiving – Cam Johnson, four games played, and that's number uh, you know, 23 catches, 224 yards, just the one touchdown, uh, and, and had a long of 40. Uh, ben Breshnan, four games played, 17. 17 grabs, 169 yards, and a pair of touchdowns. Amir Abdur Rahim, eight catches, 122 yards, and then the one touchdown. So it drops off pretty significantly. You've only got two guys that have made double-digit catches or more. So, again, very pedestrian on offense. And some of this is going to be you know, attributed to the fact that uh, you know, you've got a freshman quarterback out there. You're probably not taking a lot of shots vertically down the field despite the fact that you're, uh, you're behind a lot of ball games. But um, you know, rushing, they have not been able to really run the football very well. Uh, Javon Marlowe played in a couple of games – 148 yards between those two. Leads a team at 74 yards per game, even though he hadn't played in all of them. Uh, Keon Henry Brooks, 138 yards, also only played in a couple of games. Uh, Jamari Wakefield, three games, 116 yards, and then it drops off very significantly. So, again, you look at this offensively, you know, where, where does Vanderbilt score? Where do they kind of find, you know, an opportunity to uh, to make you pay? Now, that's, this is where I think it's so important for State to have to be able to control the football and then not turn the football over because Vanderbilt cannot score without Mississippi State's help. It's like Kentucky light. You know, Kentucky, at least, you know, at least Terry can kind of tuck it and go and make a big play with his feet for you. Vanderbilt really doesn't have anybody like that they don't have that game-breaking player you know sometimes they they build and build and build and kind of put some things together but this is just not the deal this is not one of those deals where you look at and say okay this is a guy that can have a big game against Mississippi State or really anybody for that matter and so that's why it's so important you can't give them the short end of the field uh, you can't give them the opportunity you know t- to have an opportunity to to score points defensively you can't throw a pick six here and that that's been very difficult for us too and, and it sounds you know ridiculous and you know full of hyperbole but you know we have kind of made a living of uh, letting the defense score our opponents and we you know, they did it against Alabama I mean goodness you know you had pick six uh you know against Kentucky you had a pick six against Arkansas I mean it's like one of those things that it's just kind of plagued us all year. I think a lot of that is just with quarterback play with, with K.J. Costello. It's one thing if you were trotting true freshmen out there all the time, you'd expect some of that. You'd expect some of that. You wouldn't expect it from a fifth-year senior, and that's what's disappointing about the whole deal. And maybe it's not all him. And I said before, offensive line play has been bad. Wide receiver play has been bad. Quarterback play has been bad. So it's it's a system failure across the board. we got to find a way to get that work working. 
another interesting note, too, is one of Vanderbilt's best offensive linemen, uh, Drew Bergmeyer, will not play this week. That's big. Also of, of note, inside linebacker Anthony Orjo also not going to play this week. Uh, they've got some guys that have been uh, been down and out. Some are going to come back. And uh, here's some comments about COVID from Vanderbilt, Coach Derek Mason. There were a few tests that had to be rechecked. Um, and there, there are some that are possibly thought to be some false positives. So that's say we're just waiting on confirmation. Once we have that, we'll correct and redirect what our lineup looks like. So it looks like they've got some moving parts to all of this. Uh, Orjay is a 13-leading tackler. Third, excuse me, second leading tackler on the team. It's like I'm having a tough time getting going today. But uh, it's big. Anytime that you're a team that's struggling and then you, you miss players, you miss opportunities, it's big. We talked about Javon Marlowe being the leading rusher for the team. Well, guess what? He's suspended. We'll be back, not this weekend. Defensive back Donovan Kaufman out for the season. We'll be back next year. So Vanderbilt's got some guys that are going to be out. It's already not a good team. It's already not a team that uh, can consistently make plays. And now you're, you're out, you're leading a rusher. You're out one of your leading tacklers. And so I don't know if Mississippi State could ask for a better situation. You're at home. You're healthy. You're starting, we expect to be Will Rogers, who should be the quarterback that gives you the best opportunity to win a football game. You've got the Kylan Hill uh, stuff behind you now. He's officially opted out. I wish Kylan Hill the best. Thank him for his contributions to Mississippi State. I know some other people have some explosive opinions about all that. Uh, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is is that uh, we have to kind of coach what we have and, and who we have and move forward with all that. That's the bottom line. So I expect State to do a good job this weekend, but I think a lot of it's going to have to do with the opponent. And uh, listen, if you're, if you're Will Rogers, and this is your first college starter, we certainly expect it to be, you couldn't ask for a better situation. Again, at home against a winless opponent that is going to be missing uh, you know, a couple of, couple, couple of opponent players that uh, they are big. Those are the things that I, I begin to think about when we look at all this is, you know, who, who's done a good job and uh, who's back and who should we expect. Uh, Deshaun Jerkins, leading tackler with 26. 26. Jalen Mahoney all, you know, right there with 23 tied with, uh, with Anthony Orja. But, again, it drops off pretty significantly after that. Dimitri Moore with 21. Uh, Deo Adebango with 20. Donovan Kaufman, who's out, 15. Maxwell Worship, 15. You know, somebody's got to make the tackle. But uh, they're, they're a team that has really kind of struggled to get opponents on the ground. Just a handful of sacks as a team. Uh, you know, it's just well, – I begin to do the math here. What is it, five sacks? Five sacks total as a team? And so this is a team that struggles to rush the passer. This is a team that uh, struggles to run the football. This is a team that struggles offensively. And so you couldn't ask for a better situation. And I know the average state fan list is, Steve, we can't take anything for granted. I 100% agree. But we have got to take advantage of this situation against a very, 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 very bad Vanderbilt team and kind of right the ship this weekend. Vanderbilt's not good. I mean, if you lose this ballgame here, my gosh, you, know, you won't win another one the rest of the year. I mean, it's as simple as that. we got to go out and win this week and get right. Now, Jaquavius Marks banged up against Alabama, fighting for a play for your Bulldogs. Concussion-like symptoms on the field. Mike Leach says that he is expected to be back on Saturday. Nothing, no update on KJ Costello, but, you know, listen, if he's in protocol, he's not practicing, right? And so if he's not practicing, then you know, he's not going to play. That doesn't mean that he won't be available come Saturday. That's one of the questions. That, that some people act like, you know, KJ's in the concussion protocol. It means he's in the portal. No, he's not. Just because he's not going to start doesn't mean that he won't be available to play should we need him to play. And, yeah, we've had a couple guys go in the portal. 
I don't know that they play anyway. And it's easy to get bogged down in all of that. It's easy to say, well, you know, this happened and this happened. You know, it, it, when it rains, it pours. That's, I mean, that's just how life is sometimes. And I'm not going to sit here and you know, try to put lipstick on the pig and tell you all this is all going to be great. I mean, yeah, listen, things are not good right now. And the best way to change perception, the best way to stop, you know, the critics, the best way to kind of keep people at peace for a week or two is to go win a ball game. You go win the ball game. You go beat Vanderbilt, and people begin to see some semblance of what you expect on offense. Because at some point, it's going to click. I mean, it's like it's the thing you, you hear Mike Leach talk about it. You know, we have guys go out there and run a route, and uh, they do it right the first time. Then they kind of have to do it right the second time. Then they don't do it right the next time. And a lot of times, as a coach, you got to prove a point to your team. It's like, this is, this is how we do it. And if we do it correctly, these are the opportunities that it opens up for us. And that's kind of my take on this right now is that, you know, people say, well, Mike Leach is being stubborn. All great coaches are stubborn. All great coaches are stubborn. You think Mike Leach, Nick Saban, Dan Mullen, Urban Meyer are just, you know, all unicorns and rainbows all the time? You know, you have to be demanding. It's not a compromise. It's one of those things, too, that, that about coaching that I think the casual fan misses. It's if a coach says, okay, this is the play that we run, whether it be baseball, basketball, football, whatever. This is how you do it. You know, that methodology has kind of been, you know, fashioned over time, and you have an opportunity to kind of, to, to kind of use some trial and error there and figure, okay, this is what works in this offense. Now, this is not like a cafeteria-style thing. Well, okay, well, Coach, I'll take this. I'll take that. I'll I'll take a little bit of accountability. I'll take a little bit of weight training. But when it comes to route running, I'm going to do this. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. This is what we're going to do. And if you can't do it or you're unwilling to do it, then we'll find somebody else that can. That's what coaching is. And some would say, well, Steve, you know, he needs to find a way to inspire those players. Well, sometimes you inspire them with uh, time on the bench. You know, sometimes you inspire them by saying, okay, look, this is what works, and here's video of somebody else that's less talented of you at our previous stop that did what we asked them to do, and here's the level of success that they had. You know, you don't get up there and say, okay, well, uh, yeah, it's like in baseball. Okay, well, okay, so we've got a runner at second. We need to move the runner around. We've got less than two outs. I want you to bunt the ball to the right side, push the ball to the right side, give, the, give us a chance to sacrifice the runner over. You don't get up there and just decide, oh, I'm going to bunt it to the pitcher because I think I can beat him to the base. You know, that, that's one of the things that it kind of blows my mind at times is people think, okay, well, you know, maybe the player knows better. You know, you know, maybe he does. But there is a coach and player relationship. There is a hierarchy in life that when people are in charge of making out the starting lineup or handing out the payroll checks, that there's a way they want it done, and that's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's the expectation. And once you start living up to expectations, it's incredible the production that you'll get. There are so many people in life, and I've managed so many people over the years working in retail. Yeah, people say, well, you know, I'm doing my best. Well, maybe your best isn't good enough. You know, this is not the Boy Scouts where we say, you know what, hey, let's just all go out there and have fun and we'll have the Pinewood Derby at the end of the year and everybody will get to drink Kool-Aid and have cookies and your parents can come out there and we'll get a picture made and we'll give you a little participation ribbon. This is the Southeastern Conference. You think at Alabama, Nick Saban's out there compromising his system because it might hurt somebody's feelings? You think Ed Orgeron did that last year at LSU? I mean, you know, probably the prickliest of all coaches in the, in, in, in the SEC. You think when Urban Meyer was at Florida, he got everybody together and said, hey, guys, listen, I've been coaching forever, and we won at Bowling Green, and we won at Utah, and we won a national championship here, but what do you guys think? You know, what do you, what do you think? Here's what I think, but let's all vote on it. No, that's not how it works. And I read some of these comments sometimes on social media, it's kind of scratch my head. It's like I can tell these people have never played in a competitive environment or worked in a competitive environment. There's a lot, there, there are some people that are cut out to be CSRs. I mean, that's just that's what they do. They're good dealing with the public and they're good answering the phones and they put a good face on your organization. But they're not leaders, they're not decision makers. 
There are other people that are great decision makers that you probably don't need to have out there working with the public very often because maybe they're just not, not good at it. You know, we all have our strengths. But when the expectation is the expectation, you don't compromise your expectations. You don't say, well, listen, you know, we went out and recruited this guy, and I just don't think he's capable of doing it. No, you hold him to the standard. You'd be amazed at how, how good people will do when they understand this is the expectation. This is what you're going to be held up to. And that's right. You know, one thing that Jim Moorhead said, and I'm sure Joe, Joe didn't coin the phrase, and, and he certainly didn't implement it at times when he's here at Mississippi State, but I agree. Nobody rises to the level of low expectations. Nobody gets better just for the sake of getting better. If you go out there and say, listen, if you want to play for us, this is what you have to do, then that's what they'll do. You know, people only do what you allow them to. And as Leach says all the time, either you're coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. You go out there and you let these guys, you know, round off their routes. You let guys go out there and just kind of dog it in practice. They're not going to get any better. They're not going to win. And I don't get in case you guys have noticed, you know, talent-wise, you know, defensively, we have some real talent. We didn't expect to have the success that we've had. We got some guys out there that could play a little bit. You know, offensively, it's a much different deal. I'm going to share some numbers with you because I want to make sure everybody understands. I want to drive home this point 100%. So when we leave here today, you know exactly what we're dealing with. So I'm going to run some numbers for you. Okay, we are running a wide receiver friendly offense, right? And as someone told me once, wide receiver is a position of elegance. And it is. It takes a tremendous athlete to be able to succeed on the college level at the wide receiver position. It does. Now, we have not always run offensive systems that are conducive to good wide receiver play. You know, when Jackie was here, you know, we had Chris Jones, Shaston Coleman, Eric Moulds. We had some guys come through here. We did. It has been an incredibly long time since Mississippi State has had a game-breaking wide receiver. You could go back to 2015. I think you can make the, 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 the discussion that Donald Gray, Fred Ross, Bear, Deronye Wilson, that group there, probably the best group in a long time. Then you probably go back to uh, you know Chris Smith, Chad Bumpus, Arcedo Clark, but none of those guys played in the National Football League. Great college players, great guys by the Mississippi State standard, but not game-breaking wide receivers. You know, Bump had a little more size on him. He might have made it. You know, he was a leading, leading pass catcher in uh, preseason for Miami. Now he's out there coaching college football. But uh, you understand my point is that, you know, the guys that we have loved have not necessarily been guys that have been game-breakers at wide receivers. So here are your wide receivers drafted by SEC schools since 1997. So Molds gets out of here in 95. And then we kind of pick and choose for a while. You know, Kevin Pernis has a couple of good years for us. Kelvin Love. Pernis was too small. Love probably a little bit too slow. But here's to kind of put this in perspective. Wide receivers drafted. Florida leads the SEC with 22. 22 wide receivers drafted since 97. Not a big surprise, right? Second on the list, also from the SEC, LSU with 18. And, and they've had a good run here as of late. You go back to the East, Tennessee with 15. Who saw that coming? Georgia with 14, A&M with 12. And remember, they weren't in the league all those years, but 12. You begin to run those numbers down, you begin to realize kind of what we're up against. South Carolina, South Carolina, 10. Alabama, 10. And they've had a recent run of that due to a change in offensive philosophy. Auburn, 9. Arkansas, yeah, Arkansas, 8. Kentucky, 8. Missouri, seven. Ole Miss, six. Vanderbilt, two. Mississippi State, zero. Zero. Not a single Mississippi State wide receiver drafted since 1997. Just let that sink in for a second. This is the culture that we have created over the years. 
And people wonder, well, I don't understand why we can't recruit wide receivers better. And then all of a sudden Mike Leach gets here and we start recruiting a better brand of wide receivers because of the pedigree that he has as a pass-first coach. So when you look at what we're playing with and what we have recruited over the years, sometimes we get scratch and dent guys, right? You you get a guy like Chad Bumpus in Tupelo High School that is an explosive player. I mean, he really was an explosive player, but a little bit too small. You go get Deronye Wilson, a developmental guy who was an explosive player, a little bit too slow. You know, what are we going to do when we're able to recruit true NFL prospects into Mike Leach offense? Because that's what we're missing now. We look at our offensive line recruiting the last several years. I mean, I mean there's a reason we're playing freshmen. Let that sink in for a second. People say, well, I don't understand why the offensive line is so bad. Well, you'll see. you got Dollar Bill Johnson you know, is basically playing the first college football of his life. Charles Cross is a redshirt freshman at left tackle. Cole Smith's barely played at all. You got, I mean, the only veteran guy you really got out there right now is Darian Parker. Greg Iowan's been in and out of lineup. Well, I don't understand why we've had to go get grad transfer quarterbacks. I'll just go ahead and tell you why. It's because the guys we have just hadn't been very good. You know, we, we, we tried to get by on the mid-level three-star quarterback and, and kind of make a run at it. You know, they're not all going to be Dak Prescott. It's e- Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with Smart Money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. That's right, the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year, and me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest, and we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink, and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of Tacovas boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Easy to get caught up in all that stuff. But, you know, the bottom line is, is that, you know, we've got to upgrade our talent. And, and a byproduct of that is, is we've got to show some production on the field. You can't just recruit kids on the promise of the, of the future. You've got to have something to show them. Say, hey, listen, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we've done. Here's where you fit in. 
And then, listen, here's kind of how things go. But, listen, if I'm Teddy Knox and Malik Neighbors and Jacoby Moore and Brandon Buckhalter, I'm looking at my chops thinking there's no way they're keeping me off field next year. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way they're going to keep me off field. I'm, I'm probably thinking I'm, I'm better than these guys. I'm better than these guys. And, we, you know, listen, we get all excited about Malik Keith of the world, and we do, and rightfully so. Okay, Malik Keith, big physical guy. Had to go to junior college, and, and hopefully he'll end up staying for a couple of years. But, you know, listen, he's a scratch and dent wide receiver too. You know, he's not a guy that, you know, is going to come in here and catch 100 balls. Now, I think he can develop into that. But, uh, you know, sometimes we look at this stuff and we kind of – we talk ourselves into it because we want it to be so. But that's it. Again, the only school in the Southeastern Conference – to not have a wide receiver drafted since 97 is your Mississippi State Bulldogs. Time for the top 10 list brought to you by our friends at my bookie. Listen, you guys know as well as I do, some of you like to have a little skin in the game. Between the NFL, college ball, there's no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game day into payday on my bookie. If you're the type of person who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple together in a parlay for a bigger payout. Not only do parlays make meaningless games more exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary run-of-the-mill bets into a real cash windfall. And don't forget your underdogs. they got a ton of value. The thing about the NFL is there's no true underdogs. On any given Sunday, anybody can win. When they win, so do you. Game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets. It's never too late to get on the action, start your sports knowledge, turning your sports knowledge into cold, hard cash. Sign up at my bookie, and when you do, Use promo code BONEYARD to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. You heard it right. You deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 100 bucks of house money to play with. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. That's promo code BONEYARD for you to claim that bonus when you make your deposit. Stacked UFC cards, prop bets on just about anything you can imagine on all major sports. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. So, had somebody on Gene's page hit me up. We, you know, we, we, we post up there on the message board, and sometimes we have discussions about these top ten lists. Uh, and so somebody said, hey, Steve, how about a Brian Adams one? And I thought, you know what, one of America's greatest rockers, more of a pop rock guy, top 40 type guy, but I, I dig Brian Adams, I really do. I didn't do any honorable mentions because, you know, I think with Brian Adams, maybe I don't know the catalog well enough. I, I have Reckless on, uh, on LP, and my sister Nikki, I think that was one of her favorite Cassettes, and we used to ride around in, in her Chevette all over Madison County. But um, so I like that album. Um, I know many of you probably know Brian Adams better than I do. I, I kind of knew him from the radio hits. And so I ranked my top 10 Brian Adams songs based off that. And when you begin to kind of dig into the catalog a little bit, you remember, man, I know a lot of these songs. There are a lot of these songs that as soon as you hear them, you start singing them again because, you know, the, the lyrics are kind of, you know, stored there in the recesses of your brain. You haven't accessed that, that channel in a while. But Brian Adams is legit, man. I mean, they're, they're, you young folks that don't know Brian Adams, maybe you know one or two songs or whatever. After today, and Roy will put the top ten list uh, playlist out there. I want to thank Roy for doing that. Roy does that out of the goodness of his heart for all of you fellow Boneyard listeners. So here we go. My top ten Brian Adams tracks. Number ten, in the heat of the night. Great tune. And, and again, it's, it's that great, raspy, gra- gravelly Brian Adams voice. He's very unique in that respect. Number nine, one of the later hits for Brian Adams. And, and listen, there's some ballads on this list because, you know, he was good at that sort of thing. Is have you ever really loved a woman? It's a question you've got to ask yourself. You know, a lot of people love ourselves more so than, um, than maybe we should. Number eight, a duet with uh, you know, one of the queens, with Tina Turner. It's only love. And I remember watching uh, the Brian Adams, a Brian Adams concert that came back on HBO, and they, they bring Tina Turner out there and they sing it live. And I think that ended up being the MTV music video. It's only love is a great tune. Number seven, many of you may have this number one. I, you know, it got overplayed, and maybe that's one of the reasons that it's down my list a little bit, but not to mention we have so many ballads on the list. I didn't want to overburden you guys. But, uh, you know, from uh, Robin Hood, the Prince of Thieves soundtrack, everything I do, I do for you. 
probably the best-selling Brian Adams song of all time. It's a great, it's a great song, lyrically incredible. But due to the strength of the movie, I think it helped because back in those days, young folks, uh, when there was a major motion picture that came out, they released a soundtrack as an album. And so you could go buy the album of all the songs, you know, the, the Footloose soundtrack, Purple Rain, all that stuff. You could go buy the motion picture soundtrack. And so with the strength of that, the Brian Adams classic, Everything I Do, I Do For You, was everywhere. It's like you think about the uh, Celine Dion song, My Heart Will Go On. This, this was kind of the same thing. You couldn't go anywhere. You couldn't go to the mall. You couldn't go to the gas station. You couldn't go to Bebop Record Shop, and we loved them, God rest their soul, without hearing everything I do, I do for you. And it got to the point that it was almost a little bit sickening. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, 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 you've done enough. You've done enough for me. So one of the things you can do for me is maybe play a different song. Uh, number six, going back a little deeper in the catalog, straight from the heart. This one might be my earliest favorite Brian Adams song. I, I remember hearing this on the radio from, from the very beginning thinking, you know what, this this song is real. This guy is a really good artist and um, probably didn't chart as high as some other things did, but uh, straight from the heart, it, it's legit. Number five, this was a huge hit for Brian Adams. It cuts like a knife. Another one of those relationship type songs and everybody kind of is familiar with the lover's lament. I think that's why we gravitate to songs like that. At some point, somebody's broke our heart or somebody that we can't date, date or see anymore and we see them and all those feelings come up again. But Number four, my favorite Brian Adams ballad is Heaven. Great love song. Uh, I don't think that um, it maybe got the airplay. It was huge, but it didn't have nearly the airplay that uh, Everything I Do, I Do For You. It wasn't the crossover adult contemporary hit like perhaps some, some other ones were because, you know, Brian played the guitar. You know, back back in the 80s, there were a lot of radio stations that if you played guitar, they didn't want to play you. And not during the day. It's so silly. I must work in radio. There were some songs that we couldn't play during the daytime hours because, you know, there were offices around the city or whatever that, that played our music. So we couldn't play things that were a little bit rocking, which is so stupid, so lame. But Heaven was one of those that uh, it kind of builds and then it kind of rocks a little bit there at the end. Number three, Somebody... Great track. Another one of these relationship songs. You know, somebody like you, you know. I need somebody. Somebody like you. Number two, I could have gone number one with this one. I, to me, the, the top two songs, I, I think if you sat everybody down and you played and had them rank, you know, maybe the top ten Brian Adams songs, I think everybody would vote for these two. Yeah, I know a lot of people would kind of skew more towards the ballads, but I think if you said, okay, listen, Take your bias out of it. What are the quintessential Brian Adams tracks? I think these are the two. I think these are the two. Whenever you mention Brian Adams to people that grew up in the 80s, you were a teenager in the 80s, you were a college student in the 80s, you know these. Number two, it's Run to You. It's a song about uh, forbidden love. You know, when life gets tough, I've had enough. I'm going to run to you. It's a, it's a song about infidelity. But the, the music, musicianship on this is great. Lyrically, it's great. At some point, we've all felt that way. But number one, I think it's got to be number one. It's been covered by a couple of different people, but it's summer of 69. Great tune. It reminds us all of simpler times. You know, the summer of 69, I wasn't born yet in the summer of 69. So I don't know what that was about. I guess I could have I could have covered the song myself and it had been the summer of 89. But, you know, it's a song that's about growing up and coming of age. And so we, all, we all had these big dreams, and we were teenagers, and we were going to do this, and we were going to leave this little small podunk town, or we're going to go to Hollywood, and we're going to make it big. But that's not what happens. You know, Julie quit, or whoever quit, and Julie got married. We should have known we'd never get far. But when I look back now, and that's kind of how I feel about all that stuff, it's like the, the good old days get better the older that I get. I look back at that, and I think, you know what, I had so much fun doing that. I didn't appreciate it at the time, that moment in my life, you know, when I spent with these people or did these things. And it's difficult to appreciate greatness in the moment in our own lives because we think it's going to be that way forever. You know what I'm saying? It's like we think, okay, well, 
this will always continue. That's one of the things I've learned about life. It's just like, you know, I think about the books, I think about the show, I think about, you know, the website. I don't know how long all this is going to last. You know, I've been doing this 20 years now, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long it's going to last. I mean, it could all end tomorrow. And so I'm going to enjoy it while I have it. And so when I get to the other end of this thing, and I look back on my life and say, you know what? When I had all those book signings, and when I had all those, the websites and the chat sessions and the Facebook Live stuff, that was a lot of fun. And some days it does feel like work. It really does. But I think, you know, the summer of 69 is just one of those songs that kind of reminds us, you know what? It ain't so bad. And, uh, you know, you can still have some good times in life. And, and I, I do. I, matter of fact, I think, you know, the rest of my life will be the best of my life. And I hope that you feel the same way. I certainly don't want to look back at my life and think, you know, I peaked in high school and just kind of made the best of it the rest of the way. It's not how I feel. I think that I can do great things. And I think that I haven't ridden, uh, you know, my time to kill yet. I haven't. As much as I love the work that we've done, I, you know, I think I'm still evolving as a writer. And, and uh, I don't want to just be the guy that uh, wrote a couple of books. I mean, I want to do something big. And, and uh, as I mentioned to you guys, too, there's some big things that are out there that we're kind of talking about. And I hope all that stuff happens. But uh, I've learned a lot of people that contact me and say, hey, Steve, we'd love for you to work on this. And then, you know, they can't get the money right or we can't come to terms on stuff or who's going to have the rights to this. And it doesn't happen. I don't take that stuff personally. It's business. But I know that there are great things on the way. And I hope that you feel the same way about, about your own life. All right, uh, our friends at Campus Bookmart, I'm going to be with them on Saturday. So if you're coming to see Mississippi State beat Vanderbilt, come by Campus Bookmart ahead of time, and you can come meet me and get signed copies of the books. They're all available for sale right now. I mean, there's signed copies all over town. I do that to try to help our local Starkville merchants, but uh, I will be making the appearance at Campus Bookmart. Can't wait to get there. Come by, check it out. Uh, let me let me double check the time there for those of you guys that uh, I guess it's I'll probably be there early. I think it's it's scheduled to start at ten, and then uh, goes what ten to one thirty or so or ten to one. But uh, I'll probably be there early. But uh, you know, come by check us out. I'll put it out on social media once I arrive. So if you're in town a little bit early, you can come by and say hello. Uh, but listen, it's not just about me. Campus Bookmart has all the latest and greatest Mississippi State fashions. Uh, Miss Kathy Brown an incredible buyer anything out there that's got mississippi state's logo on it she can get it for you i love the place you'll love the place i've had so many fans that have reached out and say i had never been in campus bookmart until they started advertising on your show and um, that makes me happy and i thank you for supporting them but if you can't make it to town you don't want to go by and see me maybe you don't even like me you can go and order online from them at campusbookmart.net and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. Treat yourself, do your Christmas shopping, but buy yourself a little something too. I know a lot of people are kind of wanting to do the online shopping thing. Campusbookmart.net will have anything you need Mississippi State related. All right, a couple other things I want to talk about before we get out of here. I understand Mississippi State will be uh, in the market for a new women's golf coach. Uh, Ginger Brown Lim, I understand, has resigned. Uh, no details given. But uh, we appreciate her contributions to Mississippi State Athletics. And, uh, you know, listen, this is one of those things, too, might, might fly under the radar. But uh, it's one of those things that I think about, you know, is, is we get so caught up on in-season sport. You know, we're all thinking, man, we got to go win a football game. You know, our folks in the athletic department, they're having to kind of do all the rest of this stuff, too, because every sport is important to somebody. Whether we go attend those games or not, if we follow them closely, it's all part of the puzzle. It's all part of the big deal. And um, and so here we go, something else, you know, dealing with the COVID. Now you've got to do a coach a coaching search for this. I understand it'll be a national search. And, and that, that's kind of become the, um, you know, the phrase that pays when it comes to these coaching searches. But you know, listen, Mississippi State has the resources, you know, to, to spend as they choose when it comes to this sort of stuff. But uh, I think the bottom line is is that uh, many of you are very proud of Allie McDonald and, and some of the things that we have built here at Mississippi State. But I believe our best days are ahead of us. I'm going to talk a little baseball with you guys as well. Uh, fall baseball is over. And uh, let's kind of look at some of the guys who were, who were the heroes throughout fall baseball some names you should be familiar with we have talked a lot about pitching and you got you know several pitchers now that are throwing 90 plus 
that's a luxury we haven't always afforded here at Mississippi State. We got so we got some real dudes on the mound, and, and so but we haven't talked a lot about offensive stuff. So let me run down some numbers here for you. The leading hitter, top hitter for the fall was uh, Logan Tanner. Logan Tanner. He hit 421, and we didn't get to go to every scrimmage. This is based off uh, the information that we got. Went to all but about a handful of scrimmages. But um, it's pretty cool that Lotan's a guy that we expect to kind of do some big things. Uh, Second on the list, Cameron James, who hit 405. Logan Tanner hit 421, Cameron James 405. Also led the team in triples. Tied for leading home runs, too. So let me run down some names that you're somewhat familiar with. Of course, we mentioned Logan Tanner. 38 at bats, 16 hits, 12 RBI. That'll get it done. Nine walks. How about that? Struck out just four times, four doubles, a couple of home runs. Cameron James, who I think will be the, the face of this, this program here the next couple of years. Cameron James, 42 at bats, 17 hits, 10 RBIs. How about that? Three hit by pitches, four walks, six strikeouts. Got to get that number down a little bit. Four doubles, a couple triples, a couple dingers. That'll get it done. Tanner Allen, you, you know what to expect from Tanner Allen, right? I mean, you know, big left-handed stick, guy that's a pure doubles hitter, but uh, got a little pop too. 42 at-bats, 15 hits, 10 ribbies, eight doubles. We just, uh, excuse me, eight walks. Get my numbers mixed up there. Six Ks, couple doubles, a triple, and a home run. Uh, Scotty DeBrule is a grad transfer guy that came in Second baseman. Everybody told us that uh, this is a guy that could really hit. I think it took him a little while to kind of get going, but he ended the fall hitting 325. 40 bats, 13 hits, four ribbies, nine walks, like that a lot, seven Ks, don't like that. A couple doubles, been a 325 batting average. A lot of people told us he was going to be a big time player. It's going to be able to be a guy that can play defense and can hit. And uh, we're going to, it's not, he's not Hunter Stovall. But uh, that could be a very solid addition for us. Because, you know, we're losing a lot there with Justin Foscue. We're not going to get the power numbers out of DeBrule, but, uh, you know, he could be a good defensive player. And, and listen, we don't need a bunch of home run hitters. We'd like to have another power bat that, you know, that can change a game in a swing. But uh, we're going to need some doubles and singles guys too. Some other names to think about. Case Garner, 36 at-bats, 11 hits, 6 ribbies, 4 hit-by-pitches, 5 walks, 9 Ks, a little bit high there, uh, a double hit 306 kite mcdonald newcomer 32 at bats 10 hits three ribbies uh six walks five k's no extra base stuff hit 313 josh hatcher who i think is going to have a huge year for mississippi state josh hatcher 45 at bats 16 hits you saw that right 16 you know exactly what I'm talking about there. And that's what we're going to need from Josh. And an RBI machine, 12 ribbies, four walks, 10Ks. Got to get that down a little bit. Six doubles, a couple of home runs. Josh Hatcher needs to take a jump. And a lot of people tell me that he has. They think it's going to be a big year for him. I really think if we'd had a full draft last year, Josh would be in pro baseball right now. It's a luxury to have him and Tanner and Rowdy back. Speaking of Rowdy, 38 at bats, 11 hits, three RBIs, two hit by pitches, seven walks, 14 Ks. That's going to come down. That's that's way too high for a leadoff hitter. And then a home run. He had 289 on base percentage of 426. And, and listen, we know what we're going to get with Rowdy. Just got to make sure he's got his glasses on, right? Uh, third baseman, a guy, a name that you guys should get familiar with is Kellum Clark. We think he's going to be a factor there at third base, 37 at bats. Uh, so we got our numbers wrong here, but three RBIs. Yeah, five hits. Yeah, 11 walks, 14 Ks, a double, hit a buck 35. That's got to get better for sure. Drew McGowan's a guy that's been around a little bit. 36, 36 at bats, six hits, four RBIs, hit a buck 67. We're going to need some guys to kind of pick it up there for sure. But if we had to call it today, you know, I think we're going to be, you know, I think we're a team that's legit. I think we got a chance to go compete and get a chance to get in Omaha. Luke Hancock, 39 at-bats, 12 hits, 7 ribbies, 7 walks, 7 Ks, a couple home runs, hit 308. That's the thing, when you've got Luke Hancock and you've got Logan Tanner, you can keep those guys in lineup every day, whether they catch or not. So there's some offensive numbers for you. I know a lot of you guys, you kind of keep up with it kind of peripherally this time of year. 
But, uh, yeah, we got some dudes, man. We need Brandon Pimentel to have a big year. Uh, you know, if he's going to play left for us, if not, we're going to put somebody else out there. You know, 27 at-bats, five hits, six RBIs, hit a buck 85. That's not going to get it done. And so that, that's the whole key to this thing is what are we going to do in the bottom third of the order? You know, we got to have some dudes out there in the bottom third of the order that can get hits for us. So I think we're going to be really good top of the order. I think we're going to be really good in the middle of the order. But that's the game, isn't it? I mean, the, the team that finds production with the bottom third of the order and finds that third Sunday weekend starter, you know, the guy that can, can go out there and get you Ws on, on Sunday, those are the teams that win the SEC. We've got the pitching, and maybe we've got the offense. We'll see. I don't want to be a big tease here, so let me give you a few pitching numbers too. I know you guys are excited about these guys here. Uh, let me see. And, again, we didn't get everything. This is just based off, you know, 10, uh, I guess, 10 scrimmages where that uh, Gene and Mike were able to attend. Uh, Houston Harding, I think that he's the guy that could be a middle reliever, a midweek starter for you. 12 innings pitch, 10 hits, 12 strikeouts, just the one walk. you got to love that, man. 12 to 1, that's, that's killer. Uh, allowed four earned runs with an ERA of 3.0. Spencer Price. Just was kind of rounding back in the form last year when they shut down the season. Two innings pitch, allowed two hits, two Ks, one hit by pitch, did not allow a run. Blaze Berry, one of the newcomers, kind of a similar stat line for him. Two innings pitch, two hits, four Ks, one walk, did not allow a run. Uh, Jack Egan actually had a pretty good fall for us. Uh, pitched in five games that we saw, eight innings pitch, two hits, 14 Ks, six walks, allowed one run for an ERA of 113. Stone Simmons, grad transfer, a guy that's going to come in here and do some things for us. Three games, five and two-thirds inning pitch, seven hits, four Ks, one walk, allowed three runs, only one of them earned 1.58. This is a guy that's throwing over 90. Carlisle Kessler was a guy that was a spot starter a year ago. Four games, nine innings pitch, 11 hits, six Ks, a couple of walks, three earned runs. We get a little deeper here, some names that maybe you're a little more familiar with too. Will Bednar. You know what? You know, people are talk, calling Will Bednar – a first-round draft pick. Three games, nine innings pitch, ten hits, ten Ks, three walks. you got to love that. Uh, four runs, and only three of them earned with an ERA of three. Jackson Forrester is a guy that I like as a matchup guy. really like that high leg kick. Uh, you know, five games, six innings pitch, five uh, hits, nine Ks, four walks. That's got to come down a little bit and three runs. Christian McLeod, you know what you have with him. You know, you know he's a gamer. Three games, eight innings, eight hits, eight Ks, uh, four walks, and allowed four earned runs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're getting it done. I mean, let me see if I can't find Sarantola's numbers here because I know you guys are interested in that. i tell you another guy you got to look for is Parker Stinnett. Man, Parker Stinnett. Five games, ten, ten innings pitched, ten hits, 14 Ks. You heard that right, 14 Ks, seven walks. Got to get that down. Uh, and then five earned runs. Let me, get your, let me find your uh, – we've got so many different names on here. Yeah, so uh, Sarantola, three three games, 7.2. Seven hits, 13 Ks, eight walks. That's got to come down. And then five earned runs. So it's kind of it's kind of what you expect. Landon Sims, he of Motley Crue, uh, walkout song. Two games, four innings pitch, three hits, seven Ks, three walks, three earned runs. But we got a lot of names, and we got a lot of ability, and we got a lot of talent. We got a lot of potential. So we'll th- see how things develop. But there you go. That's your fall numbers. You can see those. If you're a Jeans Page subscriber, you can see all the numbers uh, in their entirety and see your favorite Diamond Dogs information out there. If you are a, a fan of doing business with Diamond Dogs, let me tell you this. You got uh, Brooks Bryan. Brooks is a friend of mine. Brooks is a friend of yours. Brooks is one of these guys that, um, you know, he's got his hands in a lot of different things. One of the developers for one of the new residential communities here in Starkville, Portico, located right off Garrett Road behind the Hilton Garden Inn and Chrysler Jeep dealership. Just over a mile from campus, easy access to 82 and 25. So if you're looking to get home or get to town, pretty easy to do. In the end, there'll be 51 houses in the whole development, 18 houses in the first phase, and those are nearing move-in condition. Be 33 houses in the second phase, and that construction will begin after the turn of the year. Houses really for every size family and every size requirement there range from 1,300 to 2,000 square feet, two-bedroom, two-bath, up to four-bed, four-bath. Portico includes a walking trail and a pavilion area. 
Brooks Bryan is a hero to Mississippi State people. And if you don't believe me, ask him. He'll be more than happy to tell you about uh, some great times and some great players here at Mississippi State. But if you're interested in potentially just seeing what your options would be in this new residential development, and it's going to be the new development in Starkville, contact Brooks at 601-416-8075. At 601-416-8075. All right, so I'm going to get out of here shortly, and we're going to publish the show, and I'm going to get on the road, and I'll be headed down uh, to see my baby sister and her family. And then uh, I'll be at uh, Mistletoe Marketplace in Jackson at the Trademark all evening. I believe that runs from 6 to 11 tonight. And then I'll be there all day tomorrow and all day Friday. And I, when I say all day, I'm talking, was it 8.30 to 9? I'm, I'm there all day. So trying to give everybody an opportunity to get signed books in person as they choose. So if your wife or you or your loved one or your neighbor or your coworker is going to Mistletoe Marketplace and you're looking to get signed books, I'll be there and they'll, they'll be there to sell. I'm there with Campus Bookmart, so you don't have to bring your book with you. You can buy it. You can buy it right there at Mistletoe and have it signed. We'll get a picture made, whatever you want. And uh, then Saturday, I'll be right back up here and be at Campus Bookmart on, on, on campus, as you guys know, and then covering the ball game. Sunday, we had some confusion this past week, and uh, just no, no fault of my own. It just didn't work out the way we expected. Bookmart and Cafe downtown, and I believe that's 12 to 3 on Sunday, and I'll double-check that. But, you know, I'm, I'm there most Sundays when I'm in town during football season. So that's kind of what we got going on. And uh, I've had so many people that have reached out and talked about how much, you know, they, they've loved Alpha Dogs. I believe it's the best thing that I've written. I believe that I've gotten better as a writer. I certainly hope so. But I think these are some great stories, and uh, they're part of your history. That's one of the things when I first moved to Starkville, I said, listen, when I get to Starkville, I'm going to write the Mississippi State story. I want to write books. I want to do that. I don't know how I'm going to go about it, but this is what I want to do. And then, uh, lo and behold, uh, you know, Paul Brown reaches out to me and says, hey, I'd like love to publish a book for you if you'd be willing to write one about the Ole Miss stuff. And so I did. And little did we know that that was going to be the hit that it was. And uh, so here we are now, three books later, uh, very happy with the working relationship, very happy about, you know, the development and, and what life has kind of brought my way. But I love telling our story. And I'd say at the end of the day, these are our stories. It's my name on the book, but uh, these are our historical events. And uh, I think it's important that we capture them, not just for ourselves, but for future generations. Because a lot of our Bulldog heroes are, are, are passing away. You know, and I, I'm still kind of, it's still, still kicked myself over the whole Stan Black thing. You know, I had so many opportunities to interview Stan, such a great player at Mississippi State, so beloved by so many and he's no longer with us. And uh, I've mentioned him in a couple of books. You know, and it, it means so much to me. I had a chance to meet his wife. And when Stan passed away, he was uh, he actually had Flim Flam on the nightstand. He was reading Flim Flam. And uh, she's left it right there, exactly on the page and chapter where he'd put it down. And that means more to me than I can ever say. And there have been so many of you that have been so kind to me that have come up and said, you know, Steve, hey, listen, you wrote about my grandfather. And it means so much to our family that he's remembered. And you, you mentioned, you know, my husband in this book. And so I have to buy this book because his name is in it. And th those things mean something to me because you all mean something to me. And I'm so glad that you value the work. And uh, I'm not done. I'm just getting started. I'm going to keep doing this as long as I can until maybe I reach a point that I, that I can't. Or, or maybe I get rich and move to the Bahamas and then I'll just I'll, I'll message you guys on Facebook. But um, that's the end of the show today. And, uh, again, we're back on Friday, kind of preview on the SEC weekend. And uh, if you're in Jackson, come by, say hello. We'd love to see you. But uh, the book is available just about everywhere in the state of Mississippi. And so if you can't find it, go to alphadogsthebook.com, and you can get your, your Christmas gifts personalized. Matter of fact, this morning I went by and signed a, a, about a dozen books this morning before I left town. So if you've got a pending online order, it, it should be in the mail today. But if you're looking to get yours, go to alphadogsthebook.com. That's D-A-W-G-S, alphadogsthebook.com. You can get Flim Flam there, Stark Villains there, and Alpha Dogs. And if you're looking for Stark Villains gear, and some of you have been, which I think is so cool, go to starkvillains.com. You can get T-shirts and hoodies. And if you live in the, in the area, you can get them in your school colors. I would encourage you to do that. Listen, kids love hoodies. College kids love hoodies. Teenagers love hoodies. I love hoodies. As a matter of fact, I think I helped put the first wheel on that fashion bandwagon years ago. 
spend a lot of time at Spencer's Gifts, you know. So if you're looking to kind of get that, get some hoodies. It's cold weather right there at StarkVillains.com. Looking forward to seeing you guys in the future. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies, and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.